This is the Lake Point Sports Podcast. Now, here's Corey McCartney. A happy new year to everyone. I'm Corey McCartney, and this is the Lake Point Sports Podcast. As we enter 2022, I'm here to give you a taste of the best of 2021 at Lake Point Sports. I'm joined by three immense baseball talents that showed out here on campus in Roman Anthony, Jake Lange, and Rustin Rigdon. Anthony, an Ole Miss commit, is out of Florida's Stoneman Douglas High. Lanky, who is Georgia-bound, is from Blessed Trinity, and Rigdon is a Vanderbilt commit and met her product. What follows are three great conversations with these prep stars, but before we get into that, a reminder that you should be following Lake Point Sports across social media. That's Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter, and subscribing on YouTube for all the latest happening on campus. There's so much great content and so many great things to come in 2022. Now here's my chats with Roman Anthony, Jake Lanky, and Rustin Rigdon. I'm now joined by one of the best of 2021 at Lake Point Sports, Roman Anthony, Ole Miss commit out of Florida, Stoneman Douglas High School. Roman, man, appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Just a monster 2021 for you on the field. Stoneman Douglas was state and national champions. Uh, you had a great summer with the Canes, including a walk-off home run in the MPI semifinals at Lake Point Sports, and there was that 450-foot blast at the high school All-American game at Coors Field. Uh, with a year coming to an end now, you've had a little bit of time to sit with it all. What really stands out to you baseball-wise about this past year? Yeah, no, you know, it's just kind of a result of a lot of hard work and, uh, you know, a lot of sacrifices I had to make over the past years, you know, growing and just working hard. And, you know, obviously it's probably the, it's probably the biggest summer is that summer going into, this, going into your senior year without a doubt. And so, you know, just kind of working hard and, you know, keeping my head down and pushing through and just knowing that, you know, it's always, there's always something you got to work on and there's always room to improve. And so just uh, kind of going through the high school season, you know, being national champs, just never really being complacent, you know, just, you know, on to the next uh, mentality and just trying to get better every day. And so I think that's what, uh, you know, led to the success that I had over that summer throughout that high school season leading into the summer. I know you moved into the leadoff spot for your high school team, hit 363 with a 514 on base percentage, a 1164 OPS. I know you walked 25 times, got to show off the speed there as well with 26 steals. How much did you feel like that opportunity to be the table setter kind of allowed you to showcase your game in a different way? Yeah, you know, we have uh, we had a very talented uh, lineup, as you probably know, um, last year, and we knew that. And so Fitz was kind of just looking for a guy that, you know, we had a lot of power and uh, he was kind of just looking for a guy to kind of be the spark plug. And, you know, he put me into the lead off and just wanted to try some things at the beginning of the season. And I was like, yeah, of course, you know, and I really started to like it, you know, just trying to, uh, you know, either draw my walk, have a good at bat and just try to get on base and, you know, take a bag or two and just be the spark plug for the team. And I think that was the, the biggest thing was just, you know, kind of, you know, going from always being, you know, the third or fourth batter, or fifth batter and having to go into the leadoff spot, you got to kind of, you know, sacrifice some RBIs and a uh, couple, couple different things from a hitting side of from a hitting side of things. But you know, um, it all worked out in the end. And you know, we uh, we trusted the trusted the program that Fitz had for us the whole time. And so, I think that was the biggest thing. It's just kind of you know trust him and you know kind of just give it on to the next guy. You know, uh, pass it to the next man mentality with the with the lineup we had last year. And that's the reason we kind of had so much success. You know, nobody was really selfish at all. And that was uh, what led to us, you know, having a lot of success last year. 
Did moving to that spot kind of force you to change your approach or your mindset? Uh, you know, because obviously you don't get that extra time in the on deck circle to kind of see how a pitcher is working against the guy, at least for that first at bat. Did that kind of alter the way that you approach things? For sure. I mean, yeah, you gotta, it's not this, it's really not the same as batting in even the two or three hole or four hole, you know, it's kind of, you got to get up there and, you know, your job as a leadoff hitter is just kind of really to find a way on, you know, that, that finding a way on or a leadoff walk is just, it's so much bigger than some people, you know, really, you know, think it is. And, uh, you know, just by kind of even leading it off, stealing a base, you know, putting yourself in scoring position with no outs, that's huge. And uh, we kind of started to learn that last year, you know, sometimes even as a, hitter with power, you know, you got to kind of use all fields, take your walks, you know, not be selfish, especially in that leadoff, leadoff position, because, you know, you know how big it is as a, as a baseball guy, you know, a leadoff run or a leadoff walk that turns into a run in the first inning against a, a good team or, uh, you know, a big arm, you know, that can be huge sometimes. And sometimes, it, you know, it may take the pitcher a couple couple hitters to uh, to kind of lock it in and, and really find the zone. And so that's why I was so big in the leadoff spots just kind of take what I can get and uh, you know run with it really tell me who's influenced you as a player I mean everyone kind of has those coaches that made them better along the way and had an impact uh, on them but uh, you know, I think we, we always have those those players whether it's a guy you watch in college or a guy you watch in the pros and you kind of picked up on some things along the way who are those guys that have kind of resonated with you uh, as you've watched baseball from afar for sure you know I think you know the guy that I try to you know uh model my game after is Christian Yelich being that I'm from South Florida and when he was in the Marlins and before he had really blown up as like a brewer and an MVP, he always just kind of reminded me of myself, really long, lengthy guy, good speed, uh, outfield guy, you know, really smooth swing, uh, lefty swing, carried himself really well on, on and off the field. You know, you never hear anything about this guy. He's not a real rah-rah guy. And, uh, He's definitely a guy that I've always kind of tried to model my game after. And especially, you know, obviously when he went to the Brewers, you kind of saw a different different side of him when he won that MVP year. But he's just a guy, you know, it's, you know, it's just reminded me of myself for such a long time. I'll tell you a quick uh, Christian Yelich story then. So Christian Yelich's stepdad is a scout named Tom Batista. And Tom Batista actually signed Freddie Freeman. He was the scout that found him out in California. And he really? told Freddie for years uh, about, he's like, yeah, my, you know, this, this woman I'm dating her kid, he's really, really good. And, and Freddie told me, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's great. I'm sure he's great. Then he eventually met him, ended up being Chris and Yelich, And we all kind of know where it went from there. So oh, wow. the, small, the small world of baseball. Small world. Yeah, absolutely. So you've committed to Ole Miss back in June of 2020. Um, what was it about that program that you can, when you looked at the other programs that were chasing you down where you said, that's the one, that's the right, the right fit for me. Yeah. You know, uh, coming into that, you know, freshman going into the freshman year when it first starts to really ramp up and I was playing with the Canes and seeing all these big guys that are so much bigger and more physical than me that are already committed at, um, <clears throat> excuse me, like 14 years old. And we had kind of just gone into it and it had kind of ramped up from there. And, uh, you know, we had a good amount of different schools coming out and talking to me and whatever. And, you know, it was with all the, uh, the new recruiting roles, it was kind of tricky at first, but, um, we kind of just wanted to take our time with it. And, uh, after that sophomore summer, I think it was going into that fall, we kind of just wanted to take the fall to, you know, work out and, and look at some schools and, you know, kind of take our, uh, our choices down a little bit, maybe like a top three or top four. And Ole Miss was always a place that I was just, you know, the coaching staff and everything you see on video, um, SEC, but, you know, really the coaching staff, you know, sometimes 
you could talk to some of these guys and it, it doesn't really feel like you're talking to like a friend or somebody that's real close to you, but that was never the case with any of the coaching staff at Ole Miss. And they always, uh, they were always great to me. And finally, when I went up there, it's a funny story. We drove to a couple of different schools and we were driving from Florida going through kind of Mississippi, the Mississippi area before you get to Oxford and there's just nothing and it's just trees. And we're like, man, what are we doing from South Florida going to Mississippi? And then finally you get into the town and it's like, it was just unreal. Everything, the facility, the people, everyone, everyone just, the baseball is so huge there. The alumni is so strong. Everything was just, it was a done deal the minute I got there. There's obviously the draw of just playing in the SEC by going there. But um, you think sure. about the program, the programs that you've been a part of. I mean, the Canes, you're playing against high-level competition. Obviously, at Stoneman Douglas, there's high expectations. Do you feel like that's all kind of set the stage where, not that you can prepare yourself for the SEC, uh, but at least you feel like, all right, I kind of understand this concept of constantly playing high-level competition. Yeah, for sure. I've always said, like, playing at Douglas from the beginning of last year, it's like playing at a little college, you know, the, the fans – and everything it's um it's exciting but yeah for sure i think that definitely helps you know kind of uh you know not being really unfamiliar with the big stage you know like you said playing canes four summers um always kind of being in that championship of the big tournaments and having all the scouts and the players and everyone kind of come watch your games even i remember like the canes you know every single time we would play in a wwba or a tournament like in lake point for the npi you know, you play a night game or something or even a, or even a, like a middle of the day game at noon and it's, you know, feels like it's 150 degrees out. But for some reason, there's still a million different teams coming and watching. And it's like, man, you know, this is exciting. Um, but, you know, no, I think that's as a baseball player. I mean, how could you not love that? I mean, that's that's what you want. And especially to prepare for a school like Ole Miss to go play in the SEC or go play in, a, uh, in, in, in front of a bunch of sta- uh, fans. I think that's kind of uh helped me like uh, along the years, you know, just, just to help me get ready, you know, playing against all these great teams and all these uh, in front of all these people. So I think that's kind of been really helpful to me. I told you before we started our interview that I had a chance during the, the summer at the PBR feature games to catch up with your high school teammate, Christian Rodriguez, a 2023 is now committed to Florida. Uh, Going to be a strong case uh, that somewhere down the line, the two of you might face off in the SEC uh, I know you see that 96 mile an hour fastball. Yeah, obviously he can drop down to the 70s with that curve. You see that all the time. Give me a scattering report on what you would do uh, if you step in and have to face Christian Rodriguez in a game. You know he's nasty. Um, I've faced him plenty of times in inner squads, and uh, he's gotten to me more than I've gotten to him. And so no, he's a he's a gifted uh, arm, but you know he's a guy you kind of just got to get in there and you know, you better have a plan because if you go in there just swinging, you're not going to, you're going to fail 10 out of 10 times against that guy. Um, you know, he's got three really good pitches, fastball, changeup, uh, slider, um, electric fastball kind of runs up. So kind of got to see a ball like middle down, you know, anything up, you really got to let it go, especially with that fastball because 96 rising, it's hard to catch up to unless you're really sitting on it. So uh, you better kind of go up there just, looking to find a barrel, but, you know, having, having an approach with uh, where you want to, what pitch you want to hit and where you want to, you know, see that pitch against him. You know, like you said, he's a, he's an electric arm and uh, he's a special talent. So. You are currently the 25th ranked player in the class of 2022 fifth among all outfielders. Uh, you already had that state and national championships. You mentioned trying to get better uh, for your senior season. How are you approaching what's going to be your last year of high school baseball? You know, I think, um, 
you know, when you win a national championship and a state championship, sometimes it can get tricky to kind of run it back because, you know, sometimes you get, you know, there's always kind of a little bit of complacency every now and then at practice with, with the team. And, you know, sometimes you drag a little bit and you kind of reflect on last year or you're like, oh, you know, we won states, whatever. And I think this year returning so many guys and even getting more, more guys that are, that are going to play and start and a couple more arms, you know, we have the, uh, we definitely have the, the talent and the ability to be better. So I think the biggest thing as a senior is just trying to, you know, lead the team to, you know, not be complacent and just, you know, like the little things. And we're lucky to have coach Fitzgerald because he does a great job of that uh, with the little things and just, you know, not being complacent at practice, not taking any reps off, just uh, going out there, whether it's an hour, whether it's four hours, just giving it our all for, for that time. And, I think the biggest thing is uh, that like we saw last year um, as a team, you know, we were, we were just such a great team, you know, like we, uh, we bonded together and we were always hanging out and we kind of just did it for each other. You know, like we had uh, going into it, we knew we, there was going to be a lot of, there was going to be a target on our back, you know, a hundred percent of the time. And that's the biggest thing is kind of just, you know, never really getting complacent, having fun. Like, like the biggest thing is just in the end of the day, you know, you got to work hard, but you got to have fun. Um, once you step in between the lines, you know, the scouts, the coaches, the college coaches, whatever, the fans, you can't really, you can't control that anymore. You got to just kind of control what you can control. And so that's the biggest thing going into this year in order to kind of run that back is just, you know, not being complacent, not worrying about what's outside of the lines or what's on social media, just keeping your head down and pushing through every single game, one game at a time. Well, certainly a positive mindset to have there. Uh, obviously after that's complete, I mean, there could be a big personal moment for you. Stoneman Douglas, uh, teammate Gavin Conicello was picked in the MLB draft by the Diamondbacks last season, the year before that. Uh, Kobe Mayo gets taken in the fourth round by the Orioles. Do you allow yourself, I know, I, obviously you're, you're, you're focused on what you can control and that's any ball player is going to approach something like that, but do you have any expectations uh, any, in your mind about what that might feel like to hear your name picked uh, potentially in the upcoming draft? Yeah, you know, I try not to try not to worry about it too much. You know, I kind of just, like I said, try to control what I can control right now, not try to control anything that, you know, it's seven months away or however long it is. Um, but, you know, like I was saying earlier, you know, right now, I think the main goal is kind of just, you know, do what I have to do in the in the classroom and then, you know, just get to practice and try to help my team win a state championship day by day. You know, I'm not really not really trying to, you know, I obviously after whatever you see all the scouts and everything, but, you know, just kind of just trying to, like I said, keep my head down and not really trying to worry about anything. Just trying to worry about my teammates and, you know, everything uh, between the lines. And like I said, just trying to get a state championship again. And, you know, that'll, uh, if the time's right and everything's right, that'll be another, you know, discussion to talk about after the season's over. Well, Cause I think it's too people. early to tell right now anyway. Right. Yeah. Well, everyone says those things have a way of taking care of themselves. So, Sure. Uh, obviously. Yep. Well, Roman, listen, just a huge season for you and one of the biggest moments at late point sports uh, that you delivered. So thank you and wishing you nothing but the best in 2022. Thank you so much. I appreciate you as well. Welcome in Jake Lanky, blessed Trinity class of 2023, a member of the Georgia Jackets and a Georgia commit. Jake, good to have you in and thanks for the time. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now, you're currently the third-ranked right-handed pitcher in Georgia in the class, 13th in the nation. Uh, you've obviously established yourself as one of the top arms in the class, how would you describe yourself on the mound, uh, both in your demeanor and what you bring in terms of the arsenal out there? I mean, really just a lot of strikes, uh, a lot of command, <laughs> any pitch. But, I mean, I feel like I've been blessed with good enough defenses to where as long as I throw the ball over the plate, I tend to, I tend to have great success. 
The fastballs into the nineties, uh, you've got feel for four pitches with the change curveball and slider. How would you kind of rank those secondary pitches in terms of how effective you think you are with them right now? Uh, definitely. I'd say the, my bread and butter as of last summer, at least was, uh, was definitely my change. Up. I think I threw close to probably 50% changeups in all my outings. I mean, but besides that, you know, you got to love to throw the ball hard. So fastball, you can put that just about anywhere you want. And then curveball and slider are definitely, definitely tied at the bottom, I'd say. As, as much as I love to watch those run, it's just it's not the same as throwing a good changeup or throwing a hard fastball right by someone. I'm glad you brought up the changeup because I think in terms of growth as a pitcher, it comes trusting your stuff. And you've learned to kind of do that to get to the point where you can, you know, pitch backwards against more dangerous hitters and use that change of more. How, how kind of did that develop for you where you got to the point where you felt like you could go backwards against guys and just really, you know, trust what you bring out there? Really just a lot of, a lot of work on it. Uh, place I train at full count. They're big on not just commanding one pitch, but commanding all your pitches. And, you know, before the velo comes, you gotta, re- you gotta really learn how to throw those wherever you want to be the most effective you can be. You've obviously committed to Georgia. I mean, it's been well, over two years now, uh, making the announcement in November of 2019. Do you consider yourself a recruiter now? I mean, are you kind of in guys' ears telling them, you know, come on, come over here and join me in Athens in a couple of years? Uh, I, I can't say I've done that in the past. As of, as of recently, no, not really. Uh, I've just been kind of letting them do their thing. But, yeah, I mean, my high school teammate, Cooper Milford, I remember being in his ear all summer about going to Georgia and I finally convinced them to do so. It gets a little bit more real, right? When you get a little bit closer to the, that senior year coming up down the road and want these guys to come join you. Uh, yeah. Obviously growing up in Georgia, getting a chance to wear that red and black and play in the SEC kind of speaks for itself. But what was it uh, for you about uh, Coach Scott Strickland and that program that was the hook for you wanting to go to the school there? Really just the way things click so fast, just from the first conversation. It felt like he had been coaching me for like the past five years or so. And then finally getting to meet them in person and see how they do stuff around campus. It was just like, it was a no brainer for me. I know pitchers don't have to look far for inspiration anymore. I mean, you can go to accounts like pitching ninja, look on YouTube I mean, driveline, other places that everybody seems to have some version of pitching tips out there. So obviously, you know, coaches are going to have a big influence on you, but I'm kind of curious where do you look outside of coaches? Is there anyone in particular? Is it the pros? Is it certain accounts that you go to? Where do you kind of pick up on things, uh, extra things in terms of developing as a pitcher? Um, yeah, really besides the places that I train at, um, I'd say mostly social media. Um, big fan of the way Walker Buehler uh, throws the ball. That man's body just kind of moves on a different <laughs> level. I mean, I just watching him pitch is probably – probably what I take in the most uh, when I realize, you know, how far I still have to go in terms of this game. Do you learn things in terms of demeanor from him? Is it more just staying, you know, consistent in your mechanics or what, what is it in particular that you like about Walker that you've tried to translate into your own game? Uh, yeah, I'd say mechanics a hundred percent. Just the way his body works is, is incredible. I mean, he, he gets his leg probably close to his eyes whenever he's on the mound. Um, but yeah, it's always repeatable. Whenever he throws whatever pitch, it looks like the same pitch is coming. So, I mean, it's, he just really tends to do 
everything right and everything that I want to do. Yeah, tunneling is everything, right? I mean, once you learn to tunnel, you can take everything to a completely different level. You obviously had a spectacular 2021 on the mound, including at late points for some impressive performances. Uh, The 16U National Championship with the Georgia Jackets, you threw a no-hitter in the PBR Classic. When you think about 2021 and and all that you were able to do on the mound, what really sticks out to you more than anything? I'd probably say say the no-hitter at the PBR Classic. It was just... I remember that tournament vividly. Uh, day before, a lot of games got canceled due to rain. We were gonna have to win, I think, six games to win it all, just on that on that one day. You know, already short of pitching. Uh, Ethan Oaks started off with a perfect game, um, first bracket play game. I got the quarterfinals. I threw my no hitter, and then we let Avery Brown go in the semifinals, and he threw a two hitter. So I mean, that tournament in general was just awesome. Seeing the guys battle through six games like that uh great pitching performances when it's really what we were lacking at the time and still being able to pull through and get that tournament win was uh, really big for us really turned around our summer for sure about the only thing that didn't go your way on the baseball field in 2021 was on the georgia class 4a tournament blessed trinity goes out in the second round of st Pius X. how much conversation has there been uh, among the titans as you guys look to 2022 in trying to change that I mean, yeah, it's it's still a, a touchy subject for a lot of us, you know, losing a game we felt like we definitely should have. And uh, I can tell you that we we definitely haven't forgotten about that. You know, that's that's going to be in the back of our minds the entire season this year and uh, moving forward. And, you know, boys are eager to get back out there. I think we're like a month and a half away. Everyone's really excited. It's starting to get starting to get really exciting in the Blessed Trinity building right now. If we are having this conversation one year from now, what is the the major thing that you want to see yourself improve on as a pitcher? Wow, that's tough. I don't know if I've ever asked that before. Um, <laughs> I I personally want to add one more pitch to my arsenal. Uh, I don't I don't know what it is, but as of recently, I just felt like. I've really wanted to add one more of whatever it may be. I feel like I feel like it would keep keep me or help me keep hitters even more off balance than they already are. I feel like, you know, no matter how dominant you are with certain pitches, as long as they know what's like what you can throw and what for, I feel like it's it becomes predictable in a sense. But adding another pitch, I feel like it would just help me keep hitters even more off balance which is really what I've been able to do these past couple of summers. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to stamp by here and push for the knuckle curve. If you can throw a knuckle curve, I think that would, that could be your, that could be the next addition there to the arsenal for you and keep really guys off balance with something that has that kind of movement on it. So obviously Jake, congratulations on a great year. I mean, I'm wishing you nothing but the best in 2022 and thanks for the time. Yeah. Thank you. I'm now joined by Rustin Regden, class of 2024 shortstop and pitcher from Metter High School and Game On, as well as a Vanderbilt commit. Rustin, man, thanks for the time. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now, what I got to know what this last year has been like for you. I mean, to some, you were an unknown prospect. You go on to win a Georgia State title at Metter, get a place in the PBR Future Games, and you cap it all off with a commitment to Vanderbilt. Has it been a whirlwind for you? Yes, sir. It kind of has been. So let's go back to May, Savannah and Grayson Stadium. You're on the mound for the final out. Your brother 
Brandon is at second base, makes the flip to shortstop, and you guys are state champions. Uh, now that you've had some months to kind of sit with it, what do you remember feeling in those moments? Uh, it was just special because Matter never won a state championship, and just to win it with the guys you've been playing with your whole life, it was just special. What, what did it mean for you to share that with your brother? I mean, obviously in his last game there, he's now at South Georgia State College playing for the Hawks. Uh, it was special, especially to do it with him, and it's something we were looking forward to before then. Uh, you mentioned the first state title in uh, program history. How much anticipation there is for it to you guys to get back and have that opportunity to defend that title in the coming year? Yeah, I just think we all want to get back there and uh, witness the feeling of just being in that atmosphere again. What was the reaction like, at, you know, around uh, around the town and around the you know school for you guys doing that? I mean, certainly, you know, you guys had, you know, we're building something, but for to, to be able to come through and break through like that for the championship, what was the reaction like? Uh, it was a pretty big deal because we haven't really won in any sports, any big sports recently. So it was kind of good to give the city a championship. Uh, obviously, you carry that momentum uh, into a successful summer with Game On. You get picked to be a part of Team Georgia at the PBR Future Games. And not only did you show out for Georgia, you hit 833 with six steals and six walks. But because of an injury, you end up pitching for the Pacific Northwest team. Uh, what was that experience like in terms of not only representing Georgia, and I guess briefly representing the Pacific Northwest, but also playing with that team with that much talent around you? Uh, it was fun. It was great to meet new people and just be able to play against such good players and great competition up there. What did you learn about yourself in that experience? I know some guys can get in there and certainly, you know, when the level of pitching goes up to that degree, it can kind of be a learning experience. But obviously, you know, you were handling yourself quite well at the plate. So what did you learn about yourself during that experience? Uh, I kind of proved to myself that, you know, I could kind of play with anybody. Uh, Cooper Johnson was a teammate of yours uh, on that Georgia team. He told me he kind of wished that you guys could stay together and had played through a tournament. He didn't think there was anybody that could have beat that Georgia team. Yes, yeah, sir. It would have been fun if we had actually got to play in a tournament and just the intensity would have gone up and just been able to play a tournament. I don't think we would have lost either. <laughs> you guys are pretty stacked for sure. So, so I'm curious, how much did the recruitment pick up after that? Did you start hearing from schools that maybe you were on their radar before, but the way you showed out there kind of amplified it? Uh, yes, yeah, sir. It kind of blew up after the Futures game. Like I had talked to a few people before then, but after it, it kind of got serious. So how did you handle that? I mean, was it, I, I'm not, assuming it had to be a little bit overwhelming. Did you kind of just have to sit back from it and say, okay, I need to kind of gather my thoughts and figure out how this whole thing's going to work? Uh, yeah, it, it kind of caught me a little bit, but I think I kind of handled it pretty well. Well, you got the hat on your head there for Vanderbilt. You made the announcement in October that you're committed to the Commodores. Obviously, I mean, they're the gold standard in college baseball right now. What was the draw to be part of that program and to play, you know, in a couple of years here under Tim Corbin? Uh, just the atmosphere there, the winning, and just the way they go about things. It's just a special place. Well, were you considering any other schools? And then ultimately, you know, what was it about, you know, the, the, the playing opportunity there that kind of went out? Uh, well, they, they make it Omaha almost every year. So. <laughs> I, I know there are a number of kids that were on that team, Georgia with you though, that ended up committing to, you know, to a lot of schools. I mean, in the coming days, I mean, Ford Thompson and Kale Strickland obviously committed to Georgia. You had Eric Guevara to Auburn, Chandler Jones at Tennessee. Were any of them trying to 
to push you in a, in a di- certain direction when you guys were all together? Uh, no, not really. We kind of all – I feel like we all wanted each other to just s- succeed, I guess. Obviously, you're a pitcher and a shortstop. Has Vanderbilt said anything to you uh, in terms of what they are looking for for you in the future, or is it just kind of let's just get better now and we'll see how things shake out when you get here? Uh, it's more of a shortstop role for me. I mean, you still got two years to go, though. Do you do you see yourself as a two way player? I know there's some guys who you know kind of see it as a challenge to show that when they get to college they can do both things. Is that something that you want, or are you primarily you just have your sights set on shortstop? Well, uh, I I, I want to play shortstop, but I'm still going to pitch in obviously high school. But I'm in and. I guess I'll just see where it goes from there. You're a switch hitter. I always wonder with switch hitters how different you are from one side of the plate to the other. Is there a difference with you? I mean, do you have – can you kind of break that down at all? Uh, I try and stay – try and stay the same from both sides, like try and stay inside the ball. <clears throat> how did that kind of pop up for you? Is that something that you've been doing for a while? Is it something that's developed over time? Uh. I started fully switch hitting at 13, but I've always been able – like I'd play around with it and extra reps in the cage left-handed if I could. So you were you were initially a righty and just picked up the lefty? Yes, sir. So what gave you the most trouble as you kind of progressed on that and tried to figure it out? Was it, why, was it you know, being able to, to get on the inside pitch or what was the – what was kind of the learning curve for you in terms of being a switch hitter? Uh, I feel like just seeing more and more pitching – you get used to it. Uh, I strolling through your Instagram and lyrics seem to be a big deal for you. Uh, little TJ Polo G what's the pregame playlist for you that kind of gets you amped up for a game? Yeah, I got all those guys on there. Uh, little TJ Polo G, uh, just a bunch of different guys on there. That'll get me hyped up and ready. All right. So I got to ask the rooster nickname. Where does that come from? Uh, it came from my little league coach, Mr. Bubba. <laughs> he just pulled it out of thin air, or was there something yes, behind sir. it? Almost everyone on the team had a nickname, and he just pulled it out of his pocket and gave me Rooster. No, you must have liked it because you're using it everywhere at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is Rustin Rigdon, the sixth-ranked player in Georgia in 2024, the third-ranked shortstop, and the 12th at the position in the nation and one of Lake Point Sports best of 2021. Rustin, thanks, man. Appreciate the time and best of luck to you in the next year. Yes, sir. Thank you. A big thank you to Roman Anthony, Jake Lanky, and Rustin Rigdon for their time and talking about their wildly successful 2021s. As always, a thank you to Kevin McLeod who created that beach you're hearing in the background. Another plug to follow Lake Point Sports on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter, and subscribe on YouTube. You'll be glad that you did. I'm Corey McCartney, and until next time, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, be a champion in every walk of life.